You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Who the hell are you? A remnant of a time long past. There has been an awakening. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Have you felt it? Wind it up, Remember to stay tuned to the Riley and Kimmy Show. And don't forget to remember to keep on bouncing, says Tigger. <laughs> oh, and we are bouncing with episode 451. Getting closer to that big number, the number 500. Ooh, ooh, that's right. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Isn't he a gorgeous hunk of superhero? Yes, I am. And Kimmy says that all the time. Right next to me is the traveling companion. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. She is the worst person in the world. I've been with her for centuries. Things I've seen her do. Yeah, that's so true. I have stories. I can tell them. Maybe I'll share them in episode 452. What do you think, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Yes, I might just do that. That You know, that could be a whole entire episode. I think it could be. I do. <laughs> it could be. You know what? Maybe 452, 453, and up to 460. I think I could fill them all. <laughs> oh, yes. I think I could. Oh, now, you're too kind. Oh, well, thank you. I, I try to be. Uh, before sitting down for episode 451, one thing that happened, Kimmy had a dog nap as usual. I've had some people say to me, are you serious? Are you being mean to her? Or, or they say, I am going to tell her you're saying that because they'll contact me and I'll say, well, uh, you know, Kimmy is having a dog nap. And they think I'm joking, but I'm being very serious. You are. You uh, you take a big snooze with uh, like the Mastiff and, uh, you know, Lockjaw and some of the others. Best and, thing in the world. Uh, well, I won't argue with you on that at all. And you are all wide awake. And one of the things we're going to do once we get down with uh, 451 here, putting it in the can, uploading it, is uh, watching a classic movie, which we'll be getting to here shortly. But before we uh, allowed Kimmy to have her dog nap, we had a nerd day in Central Florida. And we stopped by and visited friends at one of our favorite places. <laughs> You are traveling to another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are only that of the imagination. You are entering the Twilight Zone. Otherwise known as Carousel's Collectibles in downtown Deland, Florida. Is that right, Kimmy? That's right. That's right. We visited our very good friend, Jim, the owner of Carousel's Collectibles, and Terry, who was there. Uh, you know, he's basically the watchdog, uh, you know, the silent type, but uh, he's got an eagle eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, a masterful musician who has agreed to come on to the Riley and Kimmy show in the, you know, not so distant future. Mm-hmm. He's going to be uh, possibly even giving us a sample or two of his tunage mm-hmm. and uh, some of his uh, members of his band. 
uh, I hope they're not too shy. I hope uh, we can get them as well. Right. And they'll be on the, the show. That's in the near future. He said not that far off. So we're not talking, you know, episode 700. Right. Yeah. Now, we had a very good time at Carousel's Collectibles. I can actually go there and lose a lot of time. Now, I'll give you an example just how nice Carousel's Collectibles is, a place to uh, go to. I have a very good friend up in northern Illinois who uh, the first thing when he came down and visited me for the very first time in Florida was he goes, I want to go see this place. And he went and spent a lot of time there, picked up some items, took him back to uh, the frozen state of Illinois with him. And he contacted me not that long ago. And he said, hey, I'm coming down, buddy, for uh, another vacation with you and Kimmy. And one of the places I want to go to, the very first place, is that Carousel's Collectibles. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll make sure they leave the light on for you, buddy. Come on down, and we will make sure you head there to find some of your favorite collectibles. Now, the one thing I like about Carousel's Collectibles, it is like the Twilight Zone because you don't know what you're going to get. They have so many different things that changes all the time. Now, one of the things that I did find there is a... Well, I found a couple of things that are offbeat items that I collect in my collection. Most people think of me with comic books or toys as the things that I collect, but I collect a wide range of things, and one of them just happens to be old radios. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. And we do here at the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, I do occasionally focus on old-time radio programs. We'll be doing that in just a few moments that does uh, revolve around the world of broadcast and also the world of comic books. Now, we'll have that in just a moment, and it is a good one. Please stick around for that. It's going back in time, I mean way back. Now, one of the things I found that our good friend Jim had acquired is a portable radio, and this thing is unique. You have to check out a picture of it. It's made by Ideal, not the toy manufacturer, by Ideal. And I have a photo of it on our website, also our social media sites. And the first thing when I held it up, Terry said, that looks like a blank. And it made me laugh because as a kid, that is what I used it as. I had that exact radio in my household because my grandfather had that radio. And when he passed it had been passed on to me. And the radio, I think Kimmy can attest, looks like a Star Trek original series tricorder. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, except it's got a brown casing around the side. But it looks like a tricorder. It has this lid that flips up to see the, to, where you can adjust the knobs, you know, for volume and uh, tune. It is AM only. And, you know, poor Jim, he goes, well, it's only AM. But hey, I'm happy with it being that. Mm-hmm. I collect AMs as well, just strictly AMs. And, you know, I, you know, he could not get a radio station to come in, but my magical broadcast hands, I brought it alive. Mm-hmm. I was a magician with that radio, was I not? Mm-hmm. Tunes came out from it, did they not? The spoken word came there mm-hmm. in my hands, not Jim's my hands Mm -hmm. and I knew I had to go home now I had that exact same radio and why it was really cool is yeah I pretended way out in the middle of uh, cornfields that surrounded my world without a neighbor anywhere I pretended I was on the Starship Enterprise or beamed down on some strange planet and I I was two characters Kimmy I was you know because I was nuts I would bounce between the two pretending I was both I would be Captain Kirk and Spock at the same time what about Bones I was never Bones Mm. McCoy I I was either Spock or Kirk damn it well, you know, you weren't there to play play Bones with me. 
So, All right. but what I did, you know, to make my uh, early cosplay days fulfilled, I had my prop of the tricorder, right? Now, mm-hmm. I had, uh, at one time, they had a model kit of the uh, communicator, and they had a model kit of the phaser, and I had both of those, right, that I put together. And so I was ready to beam down on whatever planet or be on, you know, the Enterprise or in the shuttlecraft. But, you know, to play the Vulcan, you need sometimes maybe a little bit of, you know, something to add to it. So I used cardboard, and I cut out, ears that I made Vulcan ears and then I would tape them to my ears and you know be outside or inside the house if it was too cold which was a lot of the time uh and you know be pretending I was you know Spock mm-hmm. I have a feeling my mother thought I was insane mm. my dad Didn't she have you tested for that that's another story that's going to Sheldon that's that's going to be way after we do your your uh episodes okay I I will yeah we'll go down that but my father I, I don't know if I feel sorry for him or what, you know, because he was, a, and my mother as well. They were a lot older parents, especially in that time period. They were 50 when they had me. So, you know, uh, it was a little bit strange going on, a little bit of a generational gap, definitely in that, that era, more than there would be today, I think. And I have a feeling my poor father who would come home out to the sticks would see his son woman around with these ears that he forgot to take off, <laughs> talking to himself as both characters, jumping back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling, you know, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> and we're going to take him to town on Saturday to go shopping. You know, mm-hmm. I remember I do remember one time I must have had those ears on and I was getting ready to head into the car. We were going to drive about 35 miles to the grocery store. OK. Mm-hmm. And we had to go down these gravel roads and everything to get to a highway, a paved road. And I remember him saying, leave the damn ears in the house. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why. You know, hmm. you know. I would let my boy have those ears, but there was no ears for me. So a big thank you to Jim for finding that collectible. Boy, he brought back so many memories with that, and I deeply appreciate him doing that. And uh, you know, Kimmy, uh, maybe I I'm gonna get out some cardboard and cut me out some ears. Ooh. Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, I do. Let have, me know when you do, so I can. And what do capture you mean? It. Well, you know, I do have a official Star Trek: The Original Series. Uh, well, I even have a Captain Kirk, uh, you know, uniform, but I also have a Mr. Spock one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should do. You that. probably have real ears now. You've probably upgraded real Wait, ears somewhere. I, I I don't have any actual Vulcan no? ears. No, okay. no, I don't. I'm not one of those that has I'll done probably, that. Probably find some cardboard around here somewhere. Oh, we have plenty of cardboard. I'm know? sure we do uh, because you know some of those collectibles I ordered and uh, or you actually ordered for me as gifts. You know, I have not thrown out a single box. Oh, I know it. And, you know, I don't like that about you. You bashed me earlier at, at Jim's. Basically, you painted a picture. You painted a picture to Jim. You're like, oh, you know, he he just... You, basically, you painted a picture that I, I was, was Oscar... Ma- no, you painted a picture that I was Oscar Madison. You're selling good fun. And, and that you were Felix Unger. Now, you know, the truth is, Kimmy is more like Bert, and I'm more like Ernie, and... I guess I am kind of like Oscar Madison, and you're like Felix. Mm-hmm. I guess there is some truth to that. <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, you didn't have to bring that out. It was all good nature. It was not. She was she was zinging me. It was one of those ways, oh, I got him now. I'm going to get him. You know, come on. You were, weren't you? It was in front of your face, not behind your back. Well, that is true. So I do, you know, so let me have it. I'm, I'm good It's to go. always in, in 
to your face. Okay, well, I can handle that. that that's fine. Okay. And so we had a really cool time at Carousels. I think, though, Kimmy felt set up. And I think Jim and Terry did set me up. And you know what I think they did? They knew I was coming to Carousels Collectibles ahead mm. of time. Now, they knew this because a certain idiot, me, uh, posted on social media that uh, he was heading there. Okay? Because this is what happened. You know, I'm having a good old time walking and window shopping with you in Deland before we head to Carousel's Collectibles. Meeting people, having a good old time, seeing the sights, seeing dogs and stuff down at uh, Groovy Records. And you know, just, having a, just a, having a fine nerd day. Mm-hmm. And we go into Carousel's Collectibles and what is the first thing I see besides Jim and Terry? I see a magical collectible just just happens to be sitting on the front counter greeting me. And it's one that takes me back to my childhood. That's right. It took me right back to the farmlands. And what did I find, Kimmy? A John Deere tractor. Oh, yes. A John Deere farm tractor. And the picture that I have posted of it is doesn't do it justice because it you, you might think it's kind of a small one. It's actually a large-sized toy mm-hmm. uh, tractor by Ertl. I collect those. And Jim knows, and he's playing in his, oh, you collect these? He knows I collect those. Mm-hmm. I've told him before I collect those. And it just happened to be there, just one of them that I happen to be looking for. Right on the front counter. Yeah, just, you know, isn't that kind of weird? You know, what a kawinky-dink. Uh-huh. He, he's a magician. I think he's David Copperfield. That's what I think he is. Or wait a minute, maybe they're like Penn and Teller, you know, Terry and him. Hmm. Mm. Terry, Terry's kind of like, uh, Teller's the one that doesn't talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and Jim's like Penn. I, that's exactly it. And them magicians. You know, who has to go to Vegas to see a, a, an illusion, a, a magical act? Just go to Deland, Florida to go to Carousel's Collectibles, and boy, you'll get the magic act right there. Mm-hmm. But I deeply appreciate that because I do collect those, and if you want to see the weird things uh, that we picked up, you can see all that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, after uh, doing our adventure in Deland, we stopped by a comic book store and visited with some very good friends saw our good friend david the commissioner corporate and he's looking healthier and healthier and his attitude's returning to his positive feisty self mm-hmm. i would have to say wouldn't you oh yeah oh yeah positive and feisty mm-hmm. yeah, it was good to see him and uh and brian as well and all the rest of the cast and crew of the gilligan's island set right there mm-hmm. yeah the, the whole ss minnow is right there and, and, it, and mr griffin Oh, I forgot Griffin. It was great to see Griffin. And you know, some good news about that because he uh, is going to make a con. Great. Yes, Griffin is going to make a con. I'm hoping he cosplays. I've been trying to get that guy to cosplay for a long time, as bet might. And uh, I just hope he does it. Mm-hmm. That would be really nice. Uh, but it was good to see uh, David as well. After that, we uh, headed over and had a, a dinner at one of your favorite places. And then we uh, stumbled into a... And, and literally because, you know, Kimmy had been drinking by the gallons and for dinner. So she went stumbling. I'm kidding. You didn't touch a thing. And <laughs> I, except water. I, I'm teasing. Anyhow, we went into a pre-owned video store and found some classic videos, DVDs, films. Uh, one of them because we uh, just recently saw the 1933 film on the uh, big screen of King Kong, the original. I uh, decided I kind of wanted to have that DVD. Found the uh, DVD with the, you know, the remaster. And that's where we got the remastering of it. And we, Kimmy's like, you know, after we do 451, I want to sit down and watch this one. She, and it's one I've only seen one time. And you wanted to see the Jessica Lang, uh, Jeff Bridges, 1976 King Kong movie. I said, okay, we will do that. 
if you will, uh, maybe the next day, see this one I found, and I can't believe it was there. I, I really can't. Is They had the 1933 Son of Kong, the King Kong sequel. Mm-hmm. And we picked that up as well, and that made me quite happy. Mm-hmm. Made this nerd very happy, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So we will be watching uh, that. We're not going to be doing a movie review at all. And what I'm still looking for, I want to find the 1949, because you, you're not sure if you have or have not seen it, is in Mighty Joe Young. And I, I, I don't want the Charlize Theron b- version, which uh, our good friend, artist Sean Surface, he loves that version. Mm. Do you know why? Because he loves Charlize Theron? Yes, that's exactly why. Mm. I, and, I, and I said, bad man, bad man. <laughs> How why? Do- She's very beautiful. Well, yes, she is. But, you know, the classic, the 1949, to me, can never be topped, the, that film. And it to me, it just should not have been touched. It's one of those I have okay. in and it's because I just have a fondness for it. It's one of those I don't want to see, you know, touched and dealt with. Uh-huh. And, and actually, it might, you know, I think I have seen that movie and it just didn't stick with me. Maybe mm. because I, you know, I love that original one so much, the 1949. Mm. Hopefully we can find that and, and you can watch that. Because one nice thing about it compared to Son of Kong and King Kong 1933 is it has a happy ending. Mm. Although you think it's a bad ending, but then they surprise you mm. with a happy ending but okay. i'm not going to spoil it for you well kind of already did no i didn't <laughs> because i tell you what if you're going into a thinking that's going to be like king kong or son of kong you're going to go oh it's going to be a tearjerker at the end or a you know a hit in the gut it's not that way at all okay and uh, uh well even son of kong son of kong is a hero and so is uh Mighty Joe Young. They they both are. Now, what we're going to do, it is a Sunday, Kimmy, and when we uploaded this episode, 451, and a Sunday Funnies. That's what it really is. And by the way, I want to promote what we're going to do on 452. What we're going to do in episode 452 is we're going to go through uh, some highlights, some items that are going to be available at comic book stores that you can pre-order, or some might be available now. We'll have a look at that courtesy of Nerdtropolis Comics in Ormond Beach, Florida. Our good friend uh, Taylor helped us out with that, and you can order these at Taylor's Place in Nerdtropolis in Ormond Beach or any other comic book store in the United States and possibly even the world. I can't answer that world part, but it might be. Um, and we'll have more information about that. That's on 452. So if you like comic books, toys, collectible statues, things like that, and I'm and Kimmy and I will go down the list of some things that she finds, and she's going to go, oh, I want that, and I'm going to go, ugh, and I'm going to point out some things, and she's going to go, oh, you got to be kidding. No, actually, we actually we probably agree on most things. Mm-hmm. I would have to say it's rare, it's rare that you will go, you're nuts, you know, on something. Mm-hmm. And same with whatever you pick out. I, I'm. I rarely do that. But being a Sunday, the day we uploaded this, Sunday Funnies is a thing that revolves around the world of Kimmy and her childhood. Because when she was a little one, her father would read to her the comic strips, correct? Mm-hmm. And you had a big local newspaper, right? Did it have a big Sunday mm-hmm. you know, thing in the oh, yeah. cartoons and comic strips and stuff like that in it? Uh-huh. Okay. Did any of them stand out in your head? Like, what was the one that really, like, boy, I love that one? Or I, you really remember your dad reading that one to you? Well, I remember Peanuts. Okay. And Blondie. All right. And Marmaduke. Okay. Mm, Those are the main ones. All right. Well, I tell you what, some of those that you just mentioned, at least one of those you just mentioned, has a uh, issue of their early material that is going to be available to comic book stores 
And we'll have that information coming up on episode 452, 452. Mm-hmm. So if you really like comic strips, uh, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. This one we're going to talk about, I think just about everybody on planet Earth knows about and everybody loves. Okay. Or if you don't love it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> that's right. And that's Kimmy's words. I know it will be. You will say, you don't love this one. There's something wrong with you. And we'll have what that is coming up on 452. But right now we're going back in time because of Kimmy's love you know, big memory of Sunday being a positive thing because this is the one thing I know for a fact. You told me so many times in the past, the one thing you loved about Sunday was the Sunday funnies being read to you. Mm-hmm. So we're going back in time to old time radio, the golden age of radio, to the theater of the mind, to the adventures of Superman. You know, every comic book geek on planet Earth and every nerd owes this big time because without Superman, you know, it it's what made comic books what they are it was original source material otherwise in the past before superman most of it had been non-original reprints of comic strips this was original material it was big i mean it, it changed the dynamics of that medium forever that we still feel the effects and because of that the comic book uh, items became radio dramas in some cases like in this one and then they became movies like in this one's case first an animated film which is uh, or films which is still beautiful to this day to check out and then became movie serials and then became a television show and then just you know more and more and more and more superman was huge and we owe this radio program in my opinion for making superman mainstream it took him away or out of the 10 cent issues it it made adults aware of superman clark kent lois lane perry white the daily planet kryptonite things like that and even krypton these and matter of fact these radio episodes eventually became part of the first two seasons of the tv series they adjusted them for television reworked them but there was a there was a you know something uh with these radio programs that were so special and they have survived the course of time and one of the things that's nice about this this is safe for everybody for all ages fantastic production was done originally live these were not recorded they were recorded for archive purposes we are lucky for that but they were not done recorded you know in a studio where they can mix down the music and put special effects all the special effects were done live if you're uh, familiar with uh, marvel's agents of shield the uh, uh, agent what what was the thing that they just spun off uh, agent carter mm. that they did mm-hmm. they showed a captain america old-time radio program being done and it gave you examples of that. They were brief. They were fast. You may not have really paid attention because you don't really care about that era or not aware of it. But they were kind of true to that. I mean, sound effects, doors actually opened and closed with a sound effects person. A lot of these sound effects uh, individuals, there was more than one. That's how complex these things were. Some of the shows had five people doing them at once. Very complex. And we're very fortunate that this survived because not everybody recorded things. Uh, they were archived rarely. And, and so it's we're lucky it survived and at the quality level that it has. Now, with that said, please be forgiving. This was not done with today's technology. It was not recorded with digital technology at all. We are lucky that it survived, period. And the voice of Superman is by Bud Collier, who I consider the ultimate voice of Superman and Clark Kent. Uh, he was so fantastic that he was done. His voice was utilized for the animation, the original animation. Uh, in the 1940s, and then he was the voice of Superman in the 1960s, 1966 filmation cartoons that aired on CBS Saturday mornings, and those aired for decades. And anytime I pick up a Superman comic book, 
or graphic novel to this day, that is the voice that I hear of Superman and Clark Kent. Let's go back to March 13th, 1940. The episode is called The Plane to Canyon City. Here's the adventures of Superman on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! When we last saw him, Superman had just rescued Captain Anderson from the steamer Madison and had found the hidden papers in the ship's safe, just as the burning vessel exploded in a sheet of flame and a rain of falling shells. Today our story continues back in the offices of Perry White, city editor of the newspaper on which Superman works as Clark Kent. Captain Anderson has come up from the south after seeing his crew landed safely. And his sister, who is now out of the hospital, has joined him and Kent and Editor White for a discussion of further plans. Captain Anderson is talking. Listen. No, sir, I can't tell you a thing about it. The last thing I remember is beating against the hull with that fire getting closer and closer just beyond the door. But, Captain, how did you escape? Your boat crew picked you up out on the water with a life preserver on. Yes, Vince. How do you explain that? I don't explain it, June. I tell you, I don't understand it at all. What do you think, Mr. Kent? Well, really, Captain Anderson, I... Maybe you were uh, blown out of the ship by the explosion. My men say the explosion came afterwards. Well, it's just one of those mysteries of the sea. We'll have to let it go with that. Oh, uh, what do you got there, Kent? Why, it's a package a friend of mine in the Coast Guard sent me. Uh, take a look, Miss Anderson. <gasps> Why, Mr. Kent, it's mine. Why, that's it. That's the one June gave me. What? You mean to tell me that's the package of papers that was in the ship's safe? It certainly is. Mr. Kent, where did you get it? Well, I told you. A friend of mine in the Coast Guard found it floating in the water. Well, that shows you what a high explosive will do. Here's a package locked away in a safe. Bang, comes the explosion, and it's found floating around like a... Uh, like a dead fish? Uh, y yes. Well, never mind how it got there. The main thing is, we have it. Miss Anderson, uh, what's in it? I'll show you, Mr. White. First of all, letters from Pemberton to a man named Bailey, their representative out west, practically admitting what they're doing. Uh, let me see it. What else? Well, then here's what they said was a map of the North Star Mine three miles southeast of Canyon City. Well, what else, June? Why was all this business so all-fired important? This letter alone's enough to put them behind the bars. And here's the rest of it. A report from the government assay office saying that the ore from the North Star Mine is absolutely worthless. Well, what, what do you think? Of... And they went on selling stock after that? Yes, that's when I realized they were crooked. Well, Kent, what about it? Any ideas? Where did they live, June? They had a house out in Green Park with a Filipino houseboy, uh, number 23 Durant Street. Mr. Kent, where are you going? I, uh, I don't like the idea of sitting and waiting for things to happen. There may be something out at their house the police haven't found. Uh, who do you think you are, Kent? Sherlock Holmes? Well, you never can tell, Mr. White. Do you mind? Uh, no, no, of course not. I'm running an information bureau here, not a newspaper. Don't bother about me. Well, I'll just have a quick look around. 23 Durant Street. I'll stay here with June and check over these papers. Good luck, Mr. Kent. Thanks, Miss Anderson. I may need it. Go ahead, Kent. Go ahead. Take all the time you want. But if you do happen to run into a story, just try and remember who you're working for, oh. will you? I won't be long, Mr. White. And if I don't find anything, I'll be right back. So long. Doesn't sound like much, but it pays to look around. I'll just drop down into Green Park and have a chat with that Filipino houseboy. He may know more than he's told the police. Here we are. And there's Durant Street, with not a soul in sight. 
I'll just change back to Clark Kent, reporter, and see who answers the door. Down. Down. Well, looks deserted, all right. I'll try the bell. Hope somebody answers it. I'd hate to spoil this place by kicking in the door. And I do want to look around inside. Uh, what do you want, please? Oh, gee, you, you surprised me. Uh, can I come in? No. No? Uh, look, I'm from a newspaper, Daily Planet. No. Uh, wait a minute. Now, listen. How long since you've heard from your boss, Mr. Pemberton? No. Well, he evidently means no. Too bad, boy. If you don't want Clark Kent around, let's see how you feel about Superman. Might attract attention if I ruin the door. I'll just jump up on the roof and try the skylight. Here goes. And there's the skylight. Or rather, there was the skylight. Now, down the stairs to see what's what. <laughs> that houseboy sees me, he's certainly going to be surprised. This looks like somebody's room right here. And there's a desk, if the police have left anything in it. What'd you do there? How you get in? Oh, don't know me in my other clothes. You get out. Get out quick. Hey, put that gun down. You'll no go. I shoot. I count three. Make it ten. Make it a hundred. One, two, three. Oh, what's the matter? You no get hit. Come closer and try again. Come a lot closer and you'll see how bullets bounce. Hey. All right, that's enough. I haven't any time to waste. Here's what happens to little Filipino boys who play with guns. Oh, 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 let go. You let go. Where are your bosses? Pemberton and Deneen. Quick, where are they? I not know. I not know. Don't tell me that. I can see it on your face as plain as day. Where are they? One more chance. Uh, telephone. Who's calling this house on the telephone? Answer it. No. I said answer it. And if it's either of your bosses, just act natural. Oh, please. No go to phone. Uh, they say... Uh, go on. What do they say? They say they kill me. Not over the phone. Get that receiver. Oh. And do just as I tell you. Go on. Hello, please. Hello. Is that you, Sita? Uh, yep. This is me, boss. Now, listen. Do just as I tell you and do it fast. Okay, boss. Look in the desk in my room, and back of the second drawer, you'll find another drawer. You get that? Yeah, I get it. Now, in that drawer is an envelope with traveler's checks. Get it and put it in the mail. Ask him where he is, quick. Boss, where mail to, please? Address it to John J. Jones. General Delivery, Canyon City, Idaho. You got that? Yeah. That all, please? That's all. Uh, anybody been at the house? Say no. No, boss. Okay. If anybody comes and asks for me, say you don't know a thing. So long, Peter. Ah. Traveling under the name of Jones, is he? And he'll touch at Canyon City, Idaho. Much obliged, Sita. Oh, you hear that? Never mind. But get this. You saw how those bullets bounced off my chest. Yeah, I see. Well, I'm going now. But if you breathe a word about my coming here today, I'll be back. No, 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 I no tell. That's good. Because if you do, if you ever tell anybody, I'll come back here and bounce you off the sidewalk the way those bullets bounced off me. No, All no. All right. Only be sure you remember it. Now I'm leaving you. Up through that skylight the way I came in. So long, Sita. <laughs> what luck. Canyon City, Idaho. And I bet I scared that houseboy out of a year's growth. Now back to the paper. If you ask me, the North Star mining story is getting hotter every minute.
heading back toward town, Superman streaks through the sky. And presently, in the office of Editor White. Well, Kent, this is the luckiest break I ever heard of. Canyon City, eh? Mr. White, according to the map Miss Anderson showed us, Canyon City is near the North Star Mine. What? You mean they're heading out there to the mine? Why? Well, Chief, I don't know for sure, but I can guess. They don't know about the papers being found. What's that got to do with it? Well, maybe they figure if they can get out there and ruin the mine, you know, wreck it for keeps, nobody will ever be able to prove it wasn't all right. Kent, I'll take a chance. You're free to go where you like. Hire a plane. Get out there. I want you on the spot when those fellows are caught. I'll notify the local police. Oh, Mr. White, don't do that. Why not? Well, they're probably traveling by car. If we leave now by plane, the Andersons and I, we'll get there first. Well, what of it? Well, don't warn the police. Do you want every paper in the country to get that story? But, but, but what if you run into them out there, you and the girl and Anderson? Well, if we do, I can handle it all right. You? Alone? Well, well who do you think you are? Superman? Gee, gosh, no, Chief, I... I mean, we'll, we'll be all right. Okay, Kent, okay. Get your money and get going. And good luck. And phone if anything happens. Well, I almost gave myself away that time. Do I think I'm Superman? Well, as a matter of fact, Mr. White, I do. Down to the airport. Into a fast plane with Captain Anderson and his sister June. Over the Alleghenies. Over the Great Basin of the Mississippi. West and still west to the cold, high stillness of the Rockies. When suddenly, unseen disaster comes creeping along the wings, invisible to the passengers in the plane's cabin. Where are we now, Mr. Kent? Have you any idea? Well, your brother's the navigator, Miss Anderson. Don't ask a sailor to find his way around up in the air. Besides, it's black as ink outside. I can't see the stars. Oh, we went through a snowstorm a while ago. Still in it. If you want me to make a guess, Miss Anderson, I'd say we're pretty close to Idaho. Getting tired, June? Oh, no. But I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. Mm, so am I. Say, what's wrong here? Oh! Oh, what an awful lurch. Threw me right against the wall. Watch it, we're tipping. Say, something is wrong. Mr. Kent, go ask the pilot. I'm frightened. Look, he's opened his door. All right, folks, take it easy. Oh, what's wrong? Ice. Ice on the wings. And one of the ailerons is stuck. Can't work it loose. What? Frozen? How can you fix it? I can't. Ordinarily, I'd go down to warmer air, but the mountain peaks are too high around here. Oh, we're going sideways again. Vince, look out. Hey, how about this? We're slipping down. Pilot, what do you say? I don't know. We're in a tough spot. Kent, where are you going? Out on the wing. Got to clear that ice off. Hey, watch what you're doing. Mr. Kent, come back. Say, that boy's got nerve. He's out on the wing, too. You can just see it. Kent! Kent! Where is he, Vince? Well, he was hanging on that wing and now he's gone. He's gone! High over the wildest and cruelest peaks of the continental divide, while snow whirls about the wings and ice holds the plane in its deadly grip. And what of Clark Kent? What has happened? Did he lose his grip when the wings snapped and go plunging downward through the dark? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! 
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.